Lord Jesus, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. Let the light of your face shine upon me. Watch over me, lead me, and guide me, that with you evermore I shall be. I adore you with profound reverence and ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. Mary, my mother, Saint Joseph, my father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. This morning, um, as I was praying about kind of what to what to talk about during this last uh, this last Advent Holy Hour, um, really what came was uh, to to preach about the gospel reading that was the reading for Mass today, <laughs> and I didn't know it was the reading for Mass today until I came over. Sometimes it's just nice when our Lord does those things, and. And this experience of St. Joseph. And, and so I just want to reflect a little more deeply on that and, and what we can learn from him. You know, what we can learn from him. And because as I said in my homily, there, is, there can be, I think for all of us, that, that reluctance about... I, I, I don't feel worthy of, like, I don't feel worthy of, I don't feel worthy of the fact that for St. Joseph, I don't feel worthy to be that close to the God who created the whole universe. And, and maybe the reluctance or the, the lack of confidence or, or whatever it is that, that keeps us from drawing closer to our Lord, you know, and it, and it can be the same thing, like, sometimes when, when talking to different people about, like, getting more involved in parish life or getting involved in ministries or, you know, recently I've asked a couple of people about being acolytes, you know, because we could use some more acolytes in our parish, and, and sometimes the, the response, and, and it's okay because it's always within your freedom, right? It's always within their freedom. Like I would never force anybody to do anything. But, but the response can be like, oh, I just don't feel like I'm worthy to be up there or something like that. Or worthy to draw that close. It can come up in our prayer, like sometimes when, when praying with people, and, um, and I might suggest or ask them, to, to just try to picture the face of Jesus in, in their prayer. And, and like, what is our Lord's face like when he looks at you? And sometimes they might say, I had it for a second, but I can't, I can't take it. Like, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't stay there. And, and so how do we break through that? And, and how do we really like live in that? Because that's what we've been preparing for this entire Advent season is preparing for that kind of intimate encounter. Right? It's like preparing for that kind of intimate encounter where the living God, 
took on a human nature, which means that the same God who was worshipped by the Jewish people from the beginning of time now would have a face, right? That now he has a face. And, and that's an amazing thing. And, and it's the fulfillment of expectation and it's the fulfillment of hope that, that I would be able to see the face of God. And, and so St. Joseph like, he had that kind of, uh, I'm going to divorce her quietly, but then the angel Gabriel goes to him and speaks confidence in him. Don't be afraid. Like, don't be afraid. The father knows what he's doing. And the words that the father speaks to you are true, right? And, and so St. Joseph believes the angel when the angel comes to him in that dream And Jesus is born and he names him. The name of Jesus is spoken. That face would be brought to mind. And John Paul II, he talks about the importance of contemplating Jesus's face. in a document he wrote called Novo Millennio Inuente, which was what he wrote in the, around the year 2000 at the, at the beginning of the third millennium. The whole theme of that document was contemplating the face of Christ. And, and one of my favorite aspects of that document is that he says that really like there's no program or the church doesn't need more programs or like more things, we don't need to invent things to, to get people to come or have gimmicks. And, and we don't need any of that. We just need to contemplate the face of Christ. Like that's the program. And the program is to see his face and, and to recognize what he's like with us, to recognize what he's like toward us. Because he came into the world to reveal to us the truth about how the Father sees us. And there's a lot of different scenes from Scripture that we could point to where we can infer that it was the face of Christ that brought about conversion, transformation, or confidence in someone. You know, I often like to reflect on the woman caught in adultery and that dynamic where Jesus bends down to write in the sand. And, and, and it comes at a moment of her life where she's really caught up in her shame. All the things she hates about herself, like now everybody sees them. And when the elders say to Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery, Moses says we should stone her. What do you say? He bends down to write in the sand. And I had a seminary professor once who, reflecting on that, he, he said that he did that so that she would not miss the look of love. In other words, like in the midst of our shame, we tend to look at the ground. And, and so Jesus bends down to the ground 
to place himself within her gaze. And that one moment is, is a moment that's an image of the entire truth of the incarnation. That the living God bends down to become like us in all things but sin. And then that living God in the person of Jesus bends down to make sure that we don't miss his look of love, to make sure that we don't miss his face. Or there's Peter when Jesus gets into Peter's boat and he's preaching, he's proclaiming the kingdom of God and And as he's proclaiming the kingdom of God, Peter also, he has that same kind of dynamic of, I'm not worthy to be around this person. Because he recognizes that there's something about him. And immediately he says to Jesus, get away from me, I'm a sinful man. And the Lord says, follow me, and I'll make you a fisher of men. And this is a complete inference from whoever the writers are of The Chosen, but like it's my favorite line in, in The Chosen in that episode where Peter is called because he's explaining what happened, and he says, there was something about the way he looked at me. There's something about the way he looked at me. And that look is possible because of the incarnation that we're preparing to celebrate. It's an amazing thing. And every time that we come before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, every time we come to adoration, it's also a time of contemplating our Lord's face. Being able to look at him and have him look at us. Which is also an, just an incredible, incredible thing because that means that God loved us so much that the word became flesh in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, was born, lived among us died for our sins, but before he died for our sins, he took bread and said, this is my body, so that he would always be with us. And that he would always stay with us. And that we'd be able to encounter him here and just share time with him the way that that we long to share time with people we love as you look forward to next week, like who are the people you're looking forward to seeing or what are the, who are the faces that you're looking forward to seeing? Now, I was thinking about going to my brothers after the masses are over on Christmas and I get to see my nieces and, and my little, my nephew and, and just when I think about them and what their faces are gonna look like, it, it just brings joy to my heart. And, and, and that's how we are with people we love. 
And there's a certain grace that our Lord desires for us that, that we have that same joy when we get to come and we get to see him and we behold his face and, and to know that, that he has that same joy in his heart when he bends down to write in the sand so that we don't miss the look of love. He has that same joy in his heart. When he gets into the boat and says, follow me, that he has that same joy in his heart. When we come before him in Eucharistic adoration, when we come to him in the sacrament of reconciliation or when we go to confession and and we say, this is exactly who I am. And, And again, he just simply like lowers himself so that we don't miss the look of love. And it's that moment that transforms us so that we can carry that forward. And so today, I just invite you to to just spend some time contemplating our Lord's face in the Blessed Sacrament and to just ask him to reveal himself to you in a deeper and more profound way that, that also as we anticipate the celebration of our Lord's Nativity, that we truly are filled with joy, that we're filled with that gift of the Holy Spirit, that gives evidence that everything that we believe is real, that everything that our Lord promised is true. that each of us can do, continue to do our role in, in whatever way our Lord calls us to, to collaborate with him in proclaiming that truth. To a world that's in such need of the face of our Lord.